Welcome in, everyone, to this emergency episode of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Breaking news out of Boston. Chaim Bloom has been fired by the Boston Red Sox officially today. He is gone. He is no longer the CBO. Sam Kennedy announced today that they'll be looking for a new chief baseball officer this offseason. So obviously huge news out of Boston. I'm Jason Kelly. I'm here with Charlie Smith and Terry Cushman. Charlie, let's just dive right into it. Your immediate reaction to Haim Bloom being fired by the Boston Red Sox today. Honestly, I came for the comments. I went right to a couple of profiles just to see what was going to happen because you knew there was going to be nothing but red. It was just going to be fire coming out of the ears, the nose, the eyes, just nothing but sheer anger. This moment came, as Terry and I talked about a couple of minutes ago, a couple months late, but it finally happened. And now we can turn the page and we can go towards a a hopefully happy 2024. I'm actually looking forward to next year now. I wasn't before, but now I am. I'm actually looking forward to a year where we're going to start doing a couple of things the right way, the Red Sox way, not the high and bloom way, which obviously didn't work, but I'll leave it there. Terry, this is the day that you've been waiting for for a long, long time. So uh, what's your reaction? Man, I'm just glad it's finally over. I mean, I was the biggest Fireheim guy on the crew basically since last winter. Um, I... I did not see us having a successful season. Uh, every every worst case scenario with this starting rotation, which was my chief concern, came true. You know, they got injured. Oh, and on top of that, some of them just haven't performed very well. They have in spots, but not consistently well. Um, and I, I've been saying on recent shows, it goes back to the Corey Kluber signing. There, there's no difference in that signing whatsoever coming into 2023 than the Garrett Richard signing was in 2021. There's no difference in between, between the two signings, really. And the, the frustrating thing about the Bloom era is every year, starting in August, we would we would come on the podcast and express high hopes for finally some moves this winter. Finally some moves that are going to you know really take us to the next level and, and at a minimum put us back in contention to win the American League East. And it never happened. We got stiffed every winter of what we needed to truly compete. And over the past several days and weeks, I'm like, man, I cannot take this again for 2024. I cannot sit through a full season. And for the first time ever, I'll admit right now, I, there was a thought on my mind, and this might appease our haters, but there was a thought in my mind that, that was like, am I going to have to step aside next year from the podcast? Because I can't be given these same takes for another year. I can't. I, it's just the audience doesn't want to listen to it. And I just, that's how brutal it was, you know? And he's finally, he finally got fired. And thank goodness we did not have to wait 
until, you know, October 2nd or 3rd. I think the season ends on October 1st. So um, for me, it was especially a long time coming, but to never really have a goal of competing for the division was just brutal. The bar was always the last wild card. And I tweeted yesterday, Theo Epstein, in six of his first seven years, he got us into the playoffs. And there was only four playoff slots, of only which two we could get, either the AL East or the one single wild card to get get us in. And and we made the playoffs the first six out of seven years. Now I know the rosters were different, but it just it just makes me appreciate that era so much more. And speaking of Epstein, I'll throw it out there right now. Sam Kennedy, there's a barrage of tweets coming out, and we'll try to get to them in a few minutes. Uh, Sam Kennedy has said Theo Epstein is not under any consideration, and he's putting that rumor to bed. So, just uh, you know, just throwing that out there. But I and I'll pass it on to you, Jason. I just haven't been able to process it yet. It's just so fresh. He was just fired maybe thirty minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, I was shocked. I, I was literally just in the middle of work, in the middle of you know, just catching up on on some TV shows, and all of a sudden the. My phone starts blowing up. I check Twitter and I see the passing tweet. I, I had to like double, triple check it because um, I, I honestly didn't think that he was going to get fired. I mean, you guys know this and anyone who's listened to the show has heard me say I thought he was going to get, you know, an extension or at least one more year. Um, but I think just the second consecutive year of finishing in last place and not competing for even the wild card. Um, I think the free fall this team has has gone under in September is just. I, I think that did him in. And you talk about the the free agent signings. I mean, he hasn't had a good, you know, pitching free agent signing. I mean, in the bullpen he has. Jansen and, and Martin were good, but Corey Kluber, Garrett Richards, the the Hunter Renfro for Jackie Bradley trade. There's just so many misses, so many swings and misses. And I think the statement that the Red Sox put out painted it perfectly. He did do a great job at rebuilding farm system, rebuilding their infrastructure. They have a top 10 farm system right now. I mean, obviously different publications put them at different spots, but, you know, on average, it's a it's a top 10 farm system now. So he did do that. And that's part of the reason he was brought in. So give him credit for that. But his moves at the major league level were nowhere near good enough. And I'm sorry, I you know, everyone points to 2021. Well, what about that ALCS run? I said it before. It was the fakest ALCS run I've ever seen. I did not think the Red Sox stood a chance in that series. So I always thought that was the blip on the radar. Um, and I think just finally ownership got tired of finishing in last, the teams losing interest. You know, 985 has been talking about all week that attendance in baseball is up in, you know, pretty much every ballpark except for like Oakland. The Red Sox are one of the few that it's actually stagnated where the, the attendance really hasn't gone up all that much it's pretty much stayed the same and we've seen the second half of the season it's been down so you know i mean selling tickets for one dollar to red sox yankees in september is a joke for this franchise i'm sorry it's a joke i don't care that it's late in the season i don't care that the yankees stink too and they're contributing to it that should be you know september you know whether it's afternoon or night baseball against the yankees those should be premium tickets they were selling them for one dollar because they couldn't get people to the ballpark because the fans lost interest in this team at the major league level fans lost interest fans are more interested in watching the Worcester Woo Sox these days because 
that's what it is. It's just, you know, it's all prospects and, but the major league team, you know, is going to finish and last again. So I just think that did him in. And I think that ownership got tired of the Red Sox being irrelevant. So, and you look at the problems that they're going to have now is they need to go after major league talent. They need to get frontline starting pitching. And we've talked about this on previous shows, whether you want to sign a free agent, like you want to go all in on Yamamoto or you want to trade for a frontline starter. I think those are both moves that they did not believe High and Bloom had the capacity to make it. And I think that's fair. If he wants to go out for Yam- after Yamamoto, there's going to be a bidding war for that guy. And you know, the Yankees are going to be involved because the Yankees are fin- are sick of finishing in last place too. And I don't think High and Bloom is the kind of guy who's going to get into a bidding war and win it. So he would lose that. And then if you look at having to trade for like one of Miami's frontline starters, where you're going to have to give up prospects and we know High and Bloom doesn't want to do that either. He didn't do it at the trade deadline, and it sunk this team. So I just think they looked at the big picture and said, "Look, we've got to compete next year. We can't have this. We can't middle it again. We can't have just oh, I brought in another you know aging bum on a ten million dollar contract who's going to be our number four starter, and then he's going to be hurt all year." I just I think they got tired of it, and you know whoever the next guy is, I think it's going to be someone who's aggressive. I don't think you're going to quite get a Dombrowski type that's like blow up the farm system, you know, sign a bunch of huge deals and, you know, let's go all in. I think they're going to find some balance, you know, someone who values prospects, but also values major league frontline talent and is willing to make some sacrifices to get it. So I'll be very curious to see how that search goes. Like you said, Terry, Theo Epstein is ruled out. I think that was a big name that a lot of people were expecting I'd be curious to see if they try to elevate Alex Cora at all to that role. That's that's a rumor that's been going around that maybe you turn the operations over to him and he just kind of runs the whole thing. I'm not sure yet, but it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. So you brought up a really good point with the, the starting pitching that's coming out of Florida. Um, Sandy Alcantara was one of the names that came to mind. He has a UCL sprain, so he's you know out. We don't really know how bad that situation is, but I don't think he's going to be coming back for the rest of the year. If, if that's been announced, then I missed it. But for those that are supporting Heim Bloom, and that's fair. That's your guy. It is what it is. Everyone is fair and right to have their own opinion. Heim Bloom changed the culture of wanting to not spend as much money, go for prospects, and that's what he did. Went for prospects and went prospect heavy. And here's the thing. Not all your prospects are going to hit. Not all your prospects are going to be relevant. Some will make it. Some will go far. And by far, I mean AAA the majors. And only a small percentage of those, unless you're like the Atlanta Braves or like the Tampa Bay Rays, will actually turn out to be something great. Otherwise, you've not invested anything into this team outside of prospects that may hit and may not. You made no moves to try to trade any of those real prospects to get other people onto the team to make this team competitive. We've been uncompetitive and irrelevant for five years. I'm going to say that again. We've been not competitive and irrelevant for five years. This is not a team that's feared. This is not a team that anyone looks at on the schedule and says, oh, God, a three-game set against Boston. We're looked at to some degree as the cupcake. We have played 144, 145 games. We are tied for fourth slash fifth place in the AL East right now. 
with the New York Yankees, a team that has been decimated by injuries and nothing has seemed to gone right for them. We're there. That's how good our team has done. And people can say all they want about, oh, well, if only we were in the AL Central. Guess what? We're not. So it's like the coulda, shoulda, woulda situation where none of that applies. It's not relevant. So, yeah, we can go ahead and say, you know what? Slash the divisions and just call it American League, National League, and load it up 15 teams on each side and just pray. And we can just say, okay, cool, that'll fix it. Well, that's like a temporary fix. That's not really going to solve any major solutions. We are going to have to go after pitching. We are going to have to be hungry. And it's going to feel like the year, uh, I think it was 20, correct me if I'm wrong, 2015 when we went after Hanley Ramirez, Pablo Sandoval, and we should have gone after Max Scherzer. I think that was the year, right? 2015, if I'm not mistaken, give or take. That was the year. Yeah, 2015, right? That, That was the year where we went all out. And I was hoping we got Max Scherzer. Instead, we got... Pablo Sandoval, who doesn't fit in belts, and then Hanley Ramirez, who was good and bad and ended up getting, you know, outright just done, released. So, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. At the end of the day, numbers don't lie. Stats do. And you can take all the time you want. In four or five years, Hein Bloom is still not going to be successful as a GM or head of baseball operations because his method does not work for Major League Baseball. It just does not. There are too many teams that are able to do it with less and do more. So he's trying so hard to to create a system that just it's it, it isn't working. He's trying to copy something that isn't working because the prospects that he has that sure I'm sure he'd love to call up aren't worth anything. They're not good. Some of them just aren't good. And so you're trying to run your organization like the Tampa Bay Rays and the Baltimore Orioles. Well, they had top prospects in the in the in their whole organization that are now all starting to come up. Terry's mentioned it multiple times on on several shows where the Baltimore Orioles are going to be a team to be, you know, they're forced to be reckoned with for the next probably decade, maybe longer, who knows. But they're going to be one of the best teams in in baseball. I, I do believe that's true. The Boston Red Sox, we're still a couple years away from from probably being there unless we make major changes before 2024 and like i said i'm excited for next year i was not excited for 2024 if we had to deal with bloom and cora and and all that stuff because the chemistry wasn't working there definitely was some bad blood players on the team weren't happy we were not a destination city because we weren't investing in our team it is what it is so hopefully this will change and we'll get people to come to Boston. Again, you know, I'm just glad it's finally over. I mean, in the last 48 hours, uh, David Stearns, who some people wanted to be the next top executive of the Red Sox, accepted the same position with the Mets. He's off the board. Mike Rizzo got extended by the Nationals yesterday, who's essentially done basically what Heim's done the last few years tanked built the farm back up and they're looking like they're going to be ready to compete here in another year or two so all that was kind of giving me a little bit of anxiety and and you had Alex Cora yesterday say on um Joel Sherman and and John Heyman's podcast I forget the name of it but um but he basically told them yesterday he expects to be back. 
Uh, Sam Kennedy was just quoted by the Red Sox beat writers essentially saying the same thing. Alex Cora uh, is expected to be back next year. So um, that speculation, I guess, can can now officially end as well. But I'm like, man, are they going to are they really going to try to justify keeping him one more year? And the failures that you guys have underlined just they speak for themselves and it just wasn't a pleasant ride it wasn't a pleasant ride i i i challenged everybody on twitter yesterday or i think it was 2 days ago to name the three best free agent starting pitchers that Heim Bloom has signed the first one obviously has to be waka and then it's a steep drop off and Walker was so good. He wasn't even worth bringing back apparently, <laughs> you know? So uh, just a, a fundamental uh, misunderstanding with pitching. And another thing, what I expected from bloom from the beginning was he was going to pluck a starting pitcher out of someone else's system that was struggling or perhaps hadn't even broken out yet. And we were going to develop a lot of those guys into at least middle of the rotation pitchers. And it never happened. It never happened. I outlined in the very last show we did, or I think it was technically the, um, who did we just play? Technically the, uh, man, having a brain fart right now. Uh, we just played the Orioles. So the, the, you know, the reaction from that series, uh, I just lost my whole train of thought. I've been doing that so much lately. Um, oh, I, I outlined where the, you know, the, the bullpen and the rotation have been finishing. Only once has the rotation finished above the top 20, and that was 17th in 2021. That was a very flukish year that started with Martin Perez pitching out of his mind and just an offense that that was really robust. And those things basically got us into the playoffs. Like those were the the underlying reasons we made the playoffs. And this year we're 22nd again. The 22nd ranked rotation. There was just a fundamental misunderstanding about starting pitching. The offense has really been fine the whole time, I would say. Even last year when we were kind of depleted of home runs, the extra base hits were up, the runs scored were fine. We were fine in every other category except home runs. So the the offense has, has gotten it done, but it's just the pitching. And more nuggets from Kennedy here. Um, he expects uh the search to be broader next time he says and uh one that could take a while <laughs> and i welcome that and i hope they talk to somebody that another team doesn't want them to talk to if they get resistance on somebody i have a feeling the rays just kind of handed bloom to the red Sox. so like well he's not the best guy in our front office so yeah go ahead and take him and you had that James Click guy go to, he went from Tampa to Houston, uh, won a World Series with them, but with a, with a system that was already in place. And he got stepped on quite a bit by uh, ownership. Jim Crane is the owner of the Astros, been kind of meddling with the baseball operations quite a bit. Um, he wanted to trade for, who was the catcher? 
uh, and got vetoed because he didn't want either Javier or, or Kitty in the deal. And then they ended up getting Vasquez for a more satisfactory trade package uh, from us. But um, so that that's the deal right now. Brian O'Halloran has been offered a senior uh, position in the organization. So that seemingly takes him out. I don't know what good that would do. I, I, I've mentioned a couple of times this year, how can Brian O'Halloran, who is Dave Dombrowski's number two, sit through all that success now he's Heim Bloom's number two and and say to himself, oh, Heim's got it. Heim's, Heim's on the right track. I don't. So I'm kind of glad that O'Halloran, uh, you know, isn't isn't the guy uh, going forward. But I'm again, I just I can't remember already if I even said this in the open. The, the greatest day in the history of this podcast was the day we won the 2018 World Series. Today is number two. Yeah, I I think I would agree. And I think that Kennedy saying it's going to be a broader and longer search, I'm with you. That's a good thing. And I think that's why they made the move now, especially with Rizzo getting extended out there in Washington with Stearns landing in New York. I think that... the Theo thing, I think Theo ruled himself out. My guess is the Red Sox reached out to Theo a while ago, and he probably said, no, I'm not interested. He, I don't know what he's what his next venture is going to be. But So my guess is that they started to go through their checklist of guys they wanted, and it was starting to narrow down. They went, okay, we need to make the move now, and we've got to start putting it out there that, hey, we have an open position, um, you know, and, and really start being aggressive and going after whoever's out there. So um it's going to be a fascinating search just to see the names that come up i mean pete abe dropped a couple of them james click was one that that he dropped that you know red Sox could potentially go after him um but it's got to be someone who's aggressive at making the big league roster better and it's got to be someone who knows how to build a rotation too um the one thing i'll give bloom credit for is like you said the offense always seemed to work the justin turner signing was a good signing I mean, much better than I think any of us anticipated at the time. You know, you sort of swapped out J.D. Martinez for Justin Turner, and we all went, eh, okay. But Turner's been great. He knows how to build an offense. It's just the pitching decisions. Like Garrett Richards, Corey Kluber, not re-signing Waka. Um, just, you know, so many bad decisions there. And I'm sorry, like, the, the trades that he made, we keep talking about the Bavetta trade. Yeah, all right. That was a win years and years ago, but his other trades have not been good. The Hunter Renfro trade was terrible. Even the Mookie trade, which, again, I will always say Mookie didn't want to be here. I think his hand was forced. Still could have made a better deal. Mookie Betts is a generational future Hall of Famer. He got back Verdugo, who's a good player, Connor Wong, who's a decent player, and Jeter Downs, who's nobody. Like, could have done better on that deal. And, and I think that was the first sort of like, oof, okay, you had a chance to make a major deal and that's what you got back? Eesh, okay. And it just kind of tumbled from there. So um, he got four years to do it. Again, had one little run in 2021 that was kind of a fluke. Apart from that, they've been a middling to last place team. That's what, you know, it's a results-based business. And he didn't deliver results at the major league level. And yeah, like Marcelo Mayer at some point is going to come up. He might be great. Kyle Teal at some point is going to come up. He might be great. Roman Anthony might be great. 
these guys that he's drafted and, and found and developed, they might be great. But, at, you know, until they actually get to the major league level, he doesn't get credit for that. So I just think that his his time here in Boston was he was a very good farm director, but the major league team suffered when he was here. And you've got a good manager. You've got, you know, a potentially superstar type of player in Rafael Devers that you've locked up. You've got Tristan Casas, who has emerged as a real thing. Brian Bayo is a young, potentially future ace. You've got to build around these guys. And I just think the Red Sox did not trust him to do it. And they're going to trust that job to someone else, which I think is the right move. I don't think Haim is is ever going to get the same position with another team again. I don't think he's ever going to lead a front office. He probably does have a future in player development. He could be the director of another team's farm system. And that's probably fine. I do expect some of these guys to to turn out. I mean, Anthony and Teal are already in double A. They were just drafted this year, but they've got good college pedigrees and, you know, that will advance, you know, the, the timeline of, of when they debut. But, um, it's just, I, I just hope we, we get it right this time. I, I really do. Just someone with balance. I mean, we're not going to get a Dave Dombrowski type guy. That's not going to happen. The, they're not going to be told it's an all or nothing situation. And I'll be disappointed if we don't make the playoffs next year. But I mean, you kind of have to. You kind of have to be patient again, and you know, see where we go. But I, I think there's a chance that whoever it is. Their first starting pitching move is instantly going to be better than anything Heim did. I really believe that. And if obviously, if it's Yamamoto, I, I think Yamamoto is the top guy on the market this year. It's just not a great market, and I think he's the one that presents the the most upside. But, um, but yeah, uh, another nugget that just came out as well uh, in the last several minutes. Apparently, they met with Heim this morning. And that's when the deal went down. So I'd love to know, and we probably never will. When was the moment? When was the moment? Because two days ago, they lost a doubleheader in a series where I picked, I'm pretty sure I picked uh, the Red Sox to sweep the Yankees this series. The Yankees have just been so bad and their pitching's been bad. Their hitting's been bad. And so to lose that, that series, uh, that doubleheader just gets swept was, was pretty jarring and you can go back a few weeks ago to the Mookie return to Fenway. Uh, maybe I wonder if that had, uh, you know, uh, maybe that got the ball rolling some. It's just I'd love to know when it was, you know, and it, it could have been last June. Maybe they we struggled in the first couple months and. I think we were, what, seven games under 500 at one point, and then eventually we climbed to eight or nine over, but maybe it was during that point. I mean, Heim didn't do anything at the deadline. He got us Luis Urias. He didn't sell. He didn't He didn't splurge for anyone. So, but uh, again, I'm just so, like, I'm trying to process everything, and it's just... Uh, Man, our haters must have us all blocked on social media right now. I haven't even checked on any of them, but... Oh, I have. 
Yeah, Charlie has. Oh, I have. Yeah, some of their profiles are alive and well, and they're very sad. I'm using the word sad. Uh, but it's exciting. You know, at the same time, like, here, here, turn the page. You know, you should still be excited. It's still your team. You can't all of a sudden be upset that your team fired the president of baseball operations and now all of a sudden you hate the team. It just it makes you sound like a fake fan. It really makes you sound like a sad individual and here's the thing. We embrace this for four years. It's like the same thing that you know people say they hate their country when so-and-so gets elected and stuff. It just it makes you sound so pathetic. And and that's kind of that's kind of where it's at right now, you know? You guys had your guy for four years, it didn't work out. Hopefully the next guy works out, but you still shouldn't hate the team. It just it, it's a sad narrative, it's a tired narrative, and, and truthfully so, it's it's something that's gonna make a lot of people turn their heads when they hear it because if the Red Sox start winning next year, what are they going to be holding on to? Oh, well, we'd be winning too if we still had him here. Really? But for five years, four years, we didn't. So, really? It's just, it's silly to me. It's just really silly. It, it is. It is. There, there was definitely a weird idolization of high and bloom from a certain sect of the fan base that just, as soon as he came in, he was like the anointed one. Oh, this is the guy. This is going to be, he's going to be better than Theo. He's going to be better than any, you know, GM or CBO who's ever come in here. We're going to win multiple world series. You know, you just wait, it's going to happen. And in four years, you know, missed the playoffs. Most of the time went to one ALCS got crushed traded away a generational player. I mean, it just, so that like the, the idol worship of high and bloom, I never understood. I didn't hate the guy, but I also was not like, I was sort of in a, well, let's see, let's wait and see how he does. After last year, I got extremely impatient and I said, okay, he better fix it for 2023 because I don't want to finish in last place again. And here we are, we're about to finish in last place again. So sorry, I think he deserves to be fired. Now, the one caveat I'll say is for ownership, you better be busting out the checkbook this offseason. You better be willing to spend because I don't want to see any of this. Well, we got to keep payroll down. We got to stay under the luxury tax. Well, no, no, no. If you want to compete, you want to get into a bidding war for Yamamoto or you want to, you know, whatever, go get more talent. Ownership has to be willing to spend, too. And I think for the last couple of years, they haven't wanted to. So they've if they're awake now, if they're awake and they're firing high and bloom and they're saying, yep, we've got to get back to winning, then spend the money, prove it and spend the money. So that's the one thing I'll throw on ownership is that they've got to be involved in this too. You can't just put it all on this, on the next guy, on the next CBO or whatever. You've got to be willing to spend the money too. So hopefully they're willing to do that. But if that's the case, if they're awake now and they're saying, yep, we're, we're willing to open the checkbooks, then I think they're making the right move and going after someone who will be aggressive with that money and use it the right way. And I hope we get a new pitching coach as well. I hope, I hope other pitching program personnel. Um, I hope other pitching people get hired as well. I mean, this major league program has suffered as well. I mean, I don't think any of the coaching staff on that side of it have done our current players any justice. Oh, I keep getting the call. It's annoying. Um, and so, yeah, so more moves hopefully need to happen 
and uh, it's going to be a fascinating, you know, six weeks. You you would think a, a new executive has to be in place by November first, or, or whatever. Really, the first you know day after the World Series ends up being because you got qualifying offers to dole out. You got to decide who you're non-tendering, and and perhaps do you want to pick up another guy that's been non-tendered? Surprisingly, good players get non-tendered for a multitude of reasons. I think Hunter Renfro is one of those. Um, so yeah. Um, hopefully it'll be fascinating to see the, the moves that follow. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree. I think by end of October, at the very least, uh, we should have whoever that new person is, um, we should know who it is by then. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it'll be sooner, but I, I understand they, they probably want to take some time, really have an expanded search. But yeah, I'm hoping by the end of October, they've got someone in place because I think that's very important timing wise. So, well, the playoffs will be a good distraction, um, you know, while, while all that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. While Mookie goes and gets another ring, they'll, uh, they'll, <laughs> they'll find the new CBO. So. <laughs> Any final thoughts before we wrap up? All right. Well, fun day for us. Not a fun day for certain members of this fan base, but oh, well, you know, tough noogies for you. Thoughts and prayers. Yes. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers. Tease and peace. You know, hopefully uh, you'll have fun rooting for whatever team High and Bloom goes to next year, since that's all you guys care about. But we'll be here. We'll still be rooting for the Red Sox, and we'll be uh, right along with you guys as they search for their new CBO this offseason. We'll uh, keep you posted on everything going on there. So with that, we will bid you adieu, and everyone, take care. <laughs>